The Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 6th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Events to mark the two-year anniversary of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol take place today across the Commonwealth, including in historic Concord, just steps away from where the American Revolution began. A silent candlelight vigil is planned this evening at Concord's Monument Square to honor those who lost their lives or were injured in the insurrection. On Saturday, community members will rally near the First Parish and Wright Tavern, where Minutemen gathered in 1775 to plan their fight for American independence. Diane Proctor of the group Concord Indivisible says she hopes the event reminds people that democracy is not a spectator sport. It's all too easy to simply sit back and think it's all fine, it's all going to be wonderful. It's not going to be unless each of us takes responsibility. Participants will have the chance to sign a banner to be sent to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, encouraging him to pursue criminal charges related to evidence gathered by the House January 6th Committee. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. U.S. Congresswoman and Democratic Whip, Catherine Clark is expected to join the Saturday rally, as well as some state lawmakers and community leaders. And Virginia is the only southern state to have abolished the death penalty. There's a new push in the new year to end it nationally as well. Almost 300 organizations are demanding that President Joe Biden abolish the federal death penalty. This comes as members of Congress have sent a letter to that effect to both Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland. Currently, the U.S. Justice Department has halted federal executions to conduct a review of policies and procedures. Abraham Bonowitz with the group Death Penalty Action describes what backers are hoping to accomplish. We and a coalition of folks have been organizing around the questions on the federal death penalty and the president's intention to end federal executions, which he's put a pause on them, but there's more that the president has the power to do. And we wanted to make sure that that stays on the radar. In 2021, the Federal Death Penalty Prohibition Act was introduced in both houses of Congress. It would prohibit a death sentence for violations of federal law and require that anyone convicted before its passage be resentenced. In the House, it's been referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, and Homeland Security. In the Senate, it's in the Judiciary Committee. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And now again from the New York Times and news outlets across the world, the House adjourned for the third straight day without a speaker after Kevin McCarthy of California lost his 11th bid for speakership. The Times reports there is no clear sign of when this impasse could end, but lawmakers are scheduled to reconvene at noon today. This is Public News Service. Arizona conservation, climate, faith, and community groups have released a list of top environmental priorities they want state lawmakers to take up in the new year. The 42 groups have asked lawmakers and the governor to address issues they say were put on the back burner by the previous state administration. And they claim the delays have negatively affected the environment, the economy, and Arizonans' overall well-being. At a Tuesday news conference, Sandy Barr with the Sierra Club's Grand Canyon chapter said lawmakers now have the opportunity to address multiple concerns. We can't afford to ignore the important issues that are affecting Arizona, including ensuring easy access to our democratic processes, Acting on the climate crisis, ensuring more sustainable water policies. Barr highlights Arizona's water shortage problems and says the state has over-allocated surface waters, including the Colorado River. 
She says Arizona is also depleting groundwater, especially outside of active management areas. The groups want the legislature to pass bills to measure and limit groundwater pumping throughout the state. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. And there are more than two dozen new members of the North Dakota House as the legislative session takes shape, and two newly elected Native American representatives hope to make their mark. The new members with indigenous roots are Jamie Davis of Roulette and Lisa Finley-DeVille, who represents the Fort Berthold Reservation. Davis, with ties to the Turtle Mountain and Standing Rock tribes, says she's happy to have a fellow Native in the freshman class and says one of her bigger goals is to codify the Indian Child Welfare Act into North Dakota law. The federal policy requires states to protect Native children in out-of-home placement cases and is currently before the U.S. Supreme Court. Codifying that process in state really enhances the state's commitment to protecting our Indian children here. Davis is also pushing for author Denise Lashmodir, a fellow member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, to be nominated as Poet Laureate to North Dakota. I'm Mike Moen. And finally, Mark Richardson reports. In collaboration with the Solutions Journalism Network, Michigan farmers and others are growing crops, trees, and livestock on the same land to help battle climate change. The technique is known as silvopasture, and it helps collect carbon responsible for global warming. Agriculture agents say silvoplaster is the practice of integrating trees, forage, and the grazing of domesticated animals in a mutually beneficial way. Monica Jean, a crop educator with the Michigan State University Extension, says her office works with farmers around the state to optimize their systems through an environmental lens. We cover the three pillars of silvopasture, trees, forage, and the livestock. That's how we work with farmers. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.